Praise forever to the King of Kings. Please be seated. Thank you for the worship. We just want to really pause that. Thank you. The worship is not just us who are gathered in here, but we want to really maybe physically by pictures uh, acknowledge those who are worshiping with us online. Now, that's the power of the technology of this building that God has given us to extend his kingdom so we can see those of you who have been worshiping with us, with Pastor Nathan online, you've been sending us some pictures. And as I keep talking, those pictures are going to come up. You can see your friends that we are one family. We're here, they are there, but the worship of Christ in all of these different places continue. Thank you for joining us, and we appreciate those joining us right there online, a family worshiping together. That is the beauty of being the church. That is the beauty of how the kingdom, a whole family gathered there. Yes, so we are, we are grateful that the one thing that brings us all together as we see people, ah, look at Jenny there, Jenny and her husband, the Eurychicos. Thank you for joining us, and they've been praying for us. That's what's been happening, that God has been bringing his people from all of these places, and you have made it. You know, I'm just going to mention this. I really see the kids. Where are the kids in the service? This is a service of some of the kids. Thank you for coming with mom and dad, and you're going to really sit down there. I actually met four kids. I counted them because I was here when they were born. They are all now taller than me. That means their parents are doing a great job. Every service, they've been checking my height, and some of them says I am shrinking. But hey, that's it, and you grow taller. <laughs> They're all over sitting here. We're going to be continuing in the Awakened series, and the Awakened series really is us being in the book of John. We continue to stay in the word that we are given, that we will be in this book for the next couple of weeks, and how that is, the goal is that it will awaken us to Christ, transform our lives, and we will have great insights in being the people that God wants us to be for him and his kingdom. So today we're going to be in John chapter 15. We've come all the way that Jesus, when we started back in July, we saw Jesus in the upper room with his disciples. We see him washing their feet and he showed servanthood and having a meal together with them. And we've been plowing through that conversation, Jesus with the 11. Notice that these are just with the 11 that he has selected. He'd been with them for 36 months of ministry, three years and now this 11, because we saw in the upper room, it was the climax of Judas, you know, bolting out to go and betray him. We'll get to that later when he came back in the upper room. But what we see here is Jesus giving the words that these people he had selected, associated with them, and now he said, my time is going to be finished here on earth, but this is what you continue to do. Every one of us who are still disciples of Jesus Christ making disciples, this applies to us, what we're going to be seeing. All of scripture applies to us at all times, but specifically Jesus with the disciples that he was with, he's telling them in John 15. And he starts by saying, I am the vine. This was a regular understanding because when always Jesus was on the road, he will stop and what people will see, and that would be the moment that he will have to teach them something. And here, They've left the upper room, probably heading to the Garden of Gethsemane. They are not yet there. We'll, we'll get there in a couple of weeks' time in the book of John. But somewhere in Jerusalem there, he saw a vine, 
and which is typical for Israel, because over in the Old Testament, many times, Isaiah, Psalm 80, Isaiah chapter 5, 1 to 7, and in the Psalms 80, it refers to Israel as the vineyard, the place where God had put his people. But he always referred to himself as the true vine. So this is what Jesus talks about here. We're going to see, talks about the vine, the vine dresser, which is God the Father, and the branches. So today we are all going to be branches, and we'll be going out there and waving. But he is referring to those who follow him and learn from him. But we need to have a picture of what does a vineyard look like? Because this was the picture of, of life. This was a picture of prosperity. This is what a vineyard would look like in Israel, Palestine. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an agricultural place. And so they can understand what Jesus is going to be saying about the vineyard. And the goal of the vineyard is not just to be there and have the vine and the branches, but the goal is always to have fruit. It has to be fruitful. I trust this is what Northland, you and I will continue to be. We've been on this journey. We want to be a fruit that comes out of the vine. And we'll be talking about how that happens. But it is not all the time that you have a vineyard looking like this. Because sometimes the vineyard is in trouble. And what you will see that is dried up. The branches are weeded. And we're going to see in John, it says, you know, they gather them, they pick them up and they throw them away, they are withered, and they are burnt. We don't want to be this. We want to be the fruitful vine. So here in John 15, this is the picture that Jesus is talking to his disciples, and I trust today as we look into his word, we will be getting the understanding, I want to be a fruitful branch, because the vine is Jesus. I am connected, I am linked with him, I want to have life, with a capital L, life that is abundant. I want to show that life to the world as Jesus has called me. So I will read a couple of verses here in John chapter 15. And the goal is that the fruit is not so much what Jesus starts to talk about here. The fruit that comes out is because you are linked to the vine. There is the life of righteousness. Our fruit is the fruit of righteousness. Galatians talk about that. And Colossians and other scriptures tell us that when we say we are bearing fruit, it's the life of righteousness that we're living. When we say we are bearing fruit, it's because I have received Jesus. I continue in him. I am relating my life to my culture every day. So we're going to be looking at three main things. This is going to be a very short sermon. Already five minutes in, but it's going to be a very short sermon here. But we'll tell you what you're going to do at the end today that you can dig deeper into John chapter 15. But I'm going to be talking about three different areas on be fruitful, be faithful, to be fruitful. And these are the three things I'm going to try to draw out of John chapter 15 that we'll see that it says, be faithful in the word, you'll be fr fruitful. Be faithful in prayer, you'll be fruitful. Be faithful in love, you will be fruitful. This is what Jesus wants us to be able to see. Be faithful to be fruitful. But it only happens if we remain and abide. The word that is used there in some of your translations, it will say abide, remain, stay. So I'm going to read the, the first eight, eight, nine verses in John. And after reading that, we'll have a little bit of comment about how should I be faithful in the word to be fruitful. 
Let me read with us John chapter 15, the first nine verses. I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will, even, it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and weeders. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my word remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So the first thing we want to see if I am going to be faithful and fruitful, it should be in the word of God. The word of God is what he has given for our nourishment, for our life. It is the word of God that brings us to faith in Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. When I trust Jesus Christ as my savior, it's because I believe that he said I'm a sinner, I'm lost, but he loved me and I can believe and I can be saved. So it's right there for us in the scripture that the word of God will bring life. Also, we see the word of God that he has given to us is what is great for our nourishment. If I want to face the issues we're facing today, pandemic, economic tragedies people are going through, family challenges, sickness, disease, and all of these that we're dealing with COVID-19, that it's only the word of God that's going to keep us on track. It says, this book will keep me from sin, or sin will keep me away from this book. Because throughout we see in Scripture that God has given us his word, the breath of life that he gave was the word in, 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 in the book of Genesis, by the spoken word. Because John says here, he says um, in verse 3, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And also in verse 7, my word remain in you. Brothers and sisters, there are lots of stuff today that can fill up people. In this time of the challenges we are facing as a culture, as a nation, as, as every, anything you can imagine, we need to be back to the basics of being anchored in the scripture. So I trust you have a system of daily Bible reading. I trust you have a way that you can read the word, you can hear it, you can meditate upon it, you can memorize it, and you can share it with others. This is life. This book gives us life. We even see back in Joshua when he was called to go out of, of the land and go and possess his possession and take the land. It says in Joshua 1, 8 and 9, this book of the Lord shall not depart from you. You shall meditate upon it day and night. Then, then and only then, you'll be successful. It comes from knowing the scriptures. But also we see that even the tragedy that the people of Israel, when they were taken into captivity, you know, Jerusalem was burned down. They were in captivity. They were there. Nehemiah returned and they came and they rebuilt the wall. 
When they got back to Jerusalem, one of the greatest excitement was to do like what we're doing today, spend time in worship and prayer. But Ezra the prophet, he was devoted to teaching the word of God to bring transformation. I trust your families, your children in school and your communities, you are part of a group of people that seriously take the word of God and meditate on it. If we can help you in any way, we are here for that. You can call the church office, you can check with the folks in the, in the bookstore, your ministry leaders, those men and women are there to help us be people of the word of God. Most of you call me Gus, that's right, but it's Augustine. So let me tell you about another Augustine also from my continent, Africa. He was one of those guys who was far away from God. And one day he was in, his, in North Africa and he had this voice that said, take up and read, take up and read. And he took a scripture. He opened to Romans chapter 13, verse 13, and St. Augustine, who became the bishop of Hippo, read that only the word of God gave him transformation and his life was changed. I think John 15 has a lot for us to be able to abide in the word so that we can be fruitful for God's kingdom. The word of God brought him transformation. But the second thing we see right here in the word is be faithful in prayer then you'll be fruitful. Let me, it, it reads, and John, we read in John 15 here, I am the vine, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. God's word remaining in you, and then in verse eight, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. When you take time to abide faithfully and take time in prayer, prayer is not really about you, it's always about God. Where do I spend time with the Father? A loving Father who gives me time to be with Him. If I am faithful in my meditation of Scripture, I am faithful just to be able to hear my Father speaks through His Word and sometimes the circumstances around us. We will start to see how the fruitfulness will come out of our lives because He said it here. Why? Because when you pray, prayer is talking to God. Prayer is telling God how I feel, what I think, just say it. David is a great example of the word in Psalm 19 and 119. David talks about the word, but David was a man who abide in, the, in time with God in prayer and looking into the word of God. That's what disciples do. That's what followers of Jesus Christ we desire to do. So let's be men and women by prayer. We can see lives change. Jesus actually so uh, demonstrated and modeled prayer for his disciples that it came up to him with a question. Master, teach us to pray. And we have the Lord's Prayer that many of us will read in our prayer group every Thursday. We go back to the Lord's Prayer. We read that word because it talks about my desire for God and his desire for me. The Lord's Prayer could be an example. Many other forms of prayer, healing prayer, you know, prayer of rejoicing, prayer of giving thanks, we, we, we want that to be part of our church, our family, that we are known for people of prayer. But then the final one we see in this book is that be faithful in love and then you'll be fruitful. You know, those two things, I want to be faithful in Bible study. I read the Bible, I study. I, you know, yeah, we want Christians to do that. That's what Jesus wants. And you say, well, I am in prayer groups, I'm in the Word. But love is the key that really holds it together. Jesus gives the command, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Remain in my love. 
Quickly, let me tell you, if I am abiding in the love of Jesus, if I am somebody that is really showing the love of Jesus, here are some things quickly tells us. You'll be joyful. Don't be one of those grumpy, grumpy Christians, but be somebody who is joyful because the word of God is working in your life. Love the brethren. See how they love one another. But it doesn't stop there. Love those who are different from you. Love those who make your life hard. Because that's the command, that's how the gospel, that's how Jesus is saying to other people. Be in relationship, be in community. We need to let the world see that we belong to the king of kings that we've been singing about. Be faithful in love. Be able to show that that it would be demonstrated. Even when it's difficult to go beyond what I know of you, what I see of you, I am going to love you and you will see the gospel. You know, we talked about St. Augustine. His mother, Monica, was faithful in prayer. But that man continued to show the love of Jesus Christ right throughout his life. That's the hallmark of the Christian. That's the hallmark of a disciple of Jesus Christ. One that is showing love. That I am going about what Jesus says here. I chose you. Be joyful. Whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. This is my command, love each other. As we're coming back to uh, in-person worship, some people are going to go back to school or to work. You know, you may be at home, you may be doing a hybrid, you are here on campus, you are doing it at home. Let the love of Jesus be the hallmark for us. So as we wrap this time together and we thank you that we can join together, I want us to be thinking about John 15. I'll come back in the end and tell you some ways that you can go deeper with it. But we are the love that Jesus has left us to declare the gospel. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Let's just pray to the one who loved us. Father, we thank you that your word has told us today how you love us. Your word has told us clearly, Father, that we are your people that should demonstrate your love. I pray that we'll be spending time in your word, we'll be spending time in prayer to show all the world that we love you and we live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.